Okay, welcome to Last year in 2022, Elder Dallam H. Oaks of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gave a BYU discussion speech. I don't think it was to the students. Uh, I'm honestly not quite sure, but the name of it is Going Forward in the Second Century. And he has a few items that I would like to address and respond to. So let's take a look at Elder Oaks, and he's got about three comments that I would like to respond to. We'll get to them and see what happens. On that subject, I love President Nelson's plea to the sisters. Quote, 36 years ago in 1979, President Spencer W. Kimball made a profound prophecy about the impact that covenant-keeping women would have on the future of the Lord's Church. President Nelson then quoted this prophecy by President Kimball. Much of the major growth that is coming to the Church in the last days will come because many of the good women of the world will be drawn to the Church in large numbers. This will happen to the degree that the women of the church reflect righteousness and articulateness in different, in happy ways from the women of the world. So in some respects, and I am sincerely not trying to be cynical or skeptical, but you see what this does is if there is failure in church growth, then they can blame the women. Now, that's pretty cynical, but that's exactly how this so-called prophecy of a prophet of the church is set up. The women of the world would come to the church in large numbers because of the woman's, women's faithfulness within Mormonism. And if the women within Mormonism are faithful to their covenants and loving and so on and so forth, totally faithful to the leadership, etc., then the growth of the church would be greatly magnified. Unfortunately, this just has not happened from the time President Kimball made this so-called prophecy and today. 
the growth of the church, so far as I have been able to discover based upon discussions with other friends of mine who are involved in global statistics, is pretty much stagnant except for a few scattered areas in the world. There is no growth in the church. It is shrinking pretty much everywhere except for a spot here or there. So this prophecy is not exactly inspiring, and it's quite dubious how it's set up to put all of the pressure on the women, which means they would be ending up receiving all the blame. And women of the world in large hordes, groups, members, etc., have simply not been attracted to the church and joined it to improve its growth. So let's take a look at the next comment that Elder Oaks has. President Nelson taught us this a year ago. Quote, please believe me, he said, that when your spiritual foundation is built solidly upon Jesus Christ, you have no need to fear. As you are true to your covenants made in the temple, you will be strengthened by his power. So this is interesting, too, because they equate the temple with Jesus, yet nowhere in the Bible does Jesus have anything about temple covenants giving people strength in his power anywhere. In fact, the temple was not Jesus's focus at all in the New Testament, except for the one time where we do read where he actually entered, and that was to kick out the money changers. There's never any discussion of what causes someone to be worthy to go to the temple to receive their endowments and perform baptisms for the dead or do the washings and anointings, etc. There's simply no teachings of the temple in the New Testament at all. And neither the church nor the temple is equal to Jesus. Again, they are trying to make them appear equivalent in order, this is my speculation, but in order to keep people coming back to church. They insinuate here that it is only through the temple that you can tap into Jesus's temple power or his power and mercy. I simply don't believe that. And the reason I don't believe that is because of his infinite atonement. I honestly don't think these people understand what infinite, let alone atonement, means. Infinite covers all bases. It is infinite. Infinite. It covers all weaknesses, even bad choices and lost time. The infinite makes up for every weakness, every lost opportunity, every mistake, every error, every fumble, 
there is nothing it cannot overcome with an overwhelming amount of power. Turning to Jesus taps you into that infinite power. It's ridiculous for these guys to say, through your temple covenants, you have access to this power. You see how they try to insinuate that it's through their material, through their teaching, through their temples, which essentially is all of Joseph Smith's add-ons to an infinite atonement, so it literally doesn't make any difference. You can't add to the infinite to make it any more all-encompassing. It is already all-encompassing. So let's take a look at the third issue that Elder Oaks talks about. My dear brothers and sisters, I testify of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our master and our teacher and our savior. I testify that we are led by a prophet and I invoke the blessings of the Lord upon you as you seek to serve our savior through the teachings of his prophetic leaders. Again, it appears to me like they are saying that the only way that you can approach Jesus correctly is through the arm of flesh, through them, through the prophetic teachings of his prophets, when that seems so redundant and so weak as the arm of flesh, when we can turn to Jesus and the Holy Ghost. And so the other issue that I have noted is in the Book of Mormon when Lehi has his dream of the Tree of Life and he explains it to his kids. Nephi did not simply accept Lehi's vision and he did not try to teach his brothers that they should all believe what Lehi the prophet and their own father taught. What did Nephi do? It wasn't wicked, and it wasn't immoral, and it wasn't rebellious, and it wasn't skeptical, and it wasn't Satan-influenced. He went and got his own knowledge of that dream. And his actually was a little bit different, which added some doctrinal nuances, very interestingly enough. But he didn't then tell his father, yours is incorrect and mine is the more correct one, nor do we have any record of Lehi correcting Nephi and saying, well, you have taught false doctrine because your vision differed from mine, and therefore you have been influenced by Satan, and you need to get a bishop's interview and repent of your sins and follow your leader because your leader is always correct and you are always not. 
You see, none of this modern-day Mormon twist, chuck, and jive is anywhere in the scriptures. It's all added in in order for them to become a mediator between you and God, between you and Jesus, who offers the infinite atonement, which literally makes everything else entirely 110 quadrillion percent superfluous and useless. The infinite encompasses all. It's the whole. And this is where I don't think that they have a comprehension of the impact and the importance of what the infinite atonement really means. Thanks for watching my BYP responds. I will catch you in the next one. Come back soon.